Welcome to Licking Non-Vanilla, a sex-positive hour of talk about kink, sexual mores, and writing dirty words. So grab a cup of cocoa, your favorite easy chair, and the lube as we go sailing into the dark, sweet waters of all things naughty on Licking Non-Vanilla with your hosts, Ralph Greco Jr. and M. Christian. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Licking Non-Vanilla with Ralph Greco Jr. and... Meself, uh, Chris, otherwise known as M. Christian. All the way there and across the country for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we're connected by the heart, right, Chris? That's it. That's it. That's it. Heart so far and get a couple of drinks in us. Who knows what else? But, um... Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> when men are men and women are women and wolverines are wolverines. <laughs> um, we've gone through a couple of subjects so far on the show. And this is one that Chris and I come across all the time. People ask us this question all the time. Beyond, can we take a nude picture with you? <laughs> we hear that all the time too. Um, but the this is the big one, I think, Chris. This is the what's the different what's the definition and the difference between pornography and erotica? And answer in twenty words or less. <laughs> <laughs> Starting now. Now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Do you have do you have a good have a good definition or a good difference um you know it's funny it's like this is one of those things that, like you mentioned before it's kind of a big question because it's like i can't remember who said it i'm sitting from my computer right now you think i could look it up really quickly but that i think there's a, a, a supreme court judge who said i don't know what pornography is but i know what i see it um yeah mm -hmm. kind of the same way the erotica i mean it's like it's like there really isn't a way of like breaking it down mm -hmm. um at least as far as i know i mean if you have any thoughts on that let me know but um I know some people said have used the definition that pornography is just about sex. Erotica is sex and something else. Mm -hmm. But I'm not even sure half the time if that's even all that accurate. Um, you know, it's one of those one of those things. It's like um, I don't know. I mean, it's like it's it's. I don't think there really is kind of a delineation that much. Um, it really depends because, like you know, very often, like even mainstream literature will have more sex in it than supposed erotica or pornography yeah. and just because it's, it's labeled as you know being you know you know non-erotic you know <laughs> right well you know it's is it like a like a you say potato i say potato kind of thing you know mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh like you said there's some there's some stories i've read in places where i did not expect uh a big jolt of erotica and i got it Mm -hmm. And, you know, like typical places like we've tried to uh, sell to, like uh, Esquire or Playboy or uh, like the New Yorker, heavy-duty mm -hmm. houses for fiction, or at least one time they were. And I've read some stuff that I was surprised at how erotic it was mm -hmm. or dirty it was, you know, downright mm -hmm. dirty. So I guess it is kind of a I, – I always – my definition was um, – Pornography is more like a slot A into slot B kind of description. And mm -hmm. then erotica is, like you said, fills in the gray spaces. 
you know but then again mm-hmm. I, I, who knows you know exactly exactly and you're right it's like i've read some pieces on mainstream fiction that's like oh my god that's just porn but right. you know because the writer was like you know the writer was like a mainstream author and very well respected it's like you yeah. know they can get yeah. away with it i mean um and it's funny because a lot of a, a lot of mainstream writers have written straight up erotica and other ones you know kind of hide behind it but some are like you know very clear about what they're doing but yeah it's a, it's like i don't know i mean it's like Sometimes I don't like it when people, it's kind of like, it's going to sound really weird, but it's kind of like, you know, it's like the word. It's like, you know, I don't like it when people call me, you know, a pornographer. I can call myself a pornographer, mm-hmm. uh, but don't you call me that. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I, you know, you're not, you only play one on television. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, I th- exactly. I, I think what you're talking about is a stigma to take, stigma to stigma Tization <laughs> you know and, and chris we've seen that be true for for the science fiction writers that we love mm-hmm. uh, they're just a sci-fi writer mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. doesn't mean they're any better or worse a writer than anything else you know mm-hmm. but exactly um, we've seen those those labels same with comics we've seen it across with comics how could that be good literature if it's comic books you know mm-hmm. kind of thing mm-hmm. and uh i i think if you see somebody like uh, I don't know if did you catch the um, – there's a great documentary playing on uh, – I think it's on Amazon Prime about Ellison. Um, oh, I haven't seen it yet. It's great. and It's called Darkness with Teeth or something. I forget. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and he has – he writ – he writ <laughs> – he, he, <laughs> he wrote a bunch of stuff and stuff that fell into a wide bunch of categories. Mm-hmm. And I mean, generally, I think he would consider himself a fantastist. But mm-hmm. within that, we've and we've always talked about this cross-genre thing. You could certainly uh, explore erotica and all that kind of stuff. You know, absolutely. And it's funny because Harlan actually—I mean, it's not something that a lot of people know about—but he actually wrote a couple of. I wouldn't actually call them erotica, but he wrote some pretty, you know, some tawdry books mm-hmm. back in his early career. And, and they're still, I think some places are even reprinting them to a certain extent. And they, I mean, it's funny because at the time they'd probably be labeled as something like, you know, torrid or, yeah. you know, tantalizing and so forth. And, you know, at the time they were kind of like their, their version of porn, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a lot of writers have done this. I mean, in oh, fact, I, I read the... I, in fact, I read, I have a funny story. I I hope it's true. It could be apocryphal, but I always mm-hmm. heard that for a while there, science fiction writers and other people in other genres would get together and have a contest to see who could get their letter published in like penthouse letters or something <laughs> similar, using under under a different name, and whoever right. did it first would win like a bottle of you know booze or something. Right. I, I always loved that, but. You know, it's like a lot of uh, of writers in other genres have written really explicit stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, Sam Delaney, you know, it's like the same year. I know, I know people are going to be yelling at me in the background. I can hear you mm-hmm. already. Um, you know, the same year he wrote like Dahlgren. He also wrote like, oh, what was the name of it? He wrote this really explicit, really outrageous sex book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, you know, um, I can't remember the name of it. But I actually read it. Um and it was like, oh my God, this is like, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, there's a bunch of guys that were writing, uh, uh, not getting paid for, for you know, pushing out g- great science fiction stuff. 
or bet getting mm-hmm. paid very little. But but at the but the mag the men's magazines at the time were paying. Mm-hmm. So a lot, oh, of yeah. guys, a lot of these guys were, were trying to get published there because they were making money mm-hmm. at least, you know. And, exactly. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And speaking of, I finally looked it up. The uh, the book is called The Tides of Lust, okay. and it was published in 1973 by by Chip Delaney. Uh, it has a different different title, but that's the one I was able to find. But yeah, I completely agree with you. It's like you know, it's like many times. It's like you know, I know like there's a another story. Hard speaking still about Harlan. Um, where, you know, he was like selling to like magazines like Cherry and yes, exactly. all this kind of stuff because yeah, they frankly paid better than yes, a lot of exactly. the science fiction magazines. Yes, exactly. Now, his stories weren't erotic, but, you know. <laughs> no, but he was dead. No, I mean, there's also the, did, the artist for Superman, the original Superman, did some erotica mm-hmm. and then yep. uh, Seuss, Dr. Seuss, mm-hmm. there's, some, there's some erotica. Mm-hmm. And then and, uh, the guy who does um, Dan DiCarlo, who does Archie, you know, okay. also did a lot of like, you know, uh, not well, he did some explicit stuff, but mostly he did things like, you know, kind of like girls comics and that kind of thing that were obviously kind of like designed to be titillating yes, as opposed to yes. like his stuff in Archie. Um, but, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like this is a long tradition. Yeah. And the, and the famous case of uh, the guy with Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Who mm-hmm. created Wonder Woman? Which I, I mean, oh, there, was yes. a, there was a movie made about that recently, right? That he mm-hmm. had a it's a great po- movie, by the way. Polygamy, polygamy. Mm-hmm. He was involved in polygamy, right? Well, po- polyamory, but exactly, polyamory, it's like right. okay. yeah, Marston. Um, you know, but um, yeah, he's fat. If you ever get a chance, the movie is called uh, Marston and the Wonder Women. I I may have mispronounced his name, but okay. I'm, I can look it up here, Link. Um, and it's actually a really excellent movie. I saw that one. Um, it's just, you know, that's a recent movie, right? Yeah. yeah, and um, it's a, it takes a little bit. Yeah, it's called um, yeah Professor Marston and the Wonder Women. Okay, and um, I highly recommend it because I saw it. It's not exactly one hundred percent accurate, but mm-hmm. it, you know it's it's still fun. Um, but yeah, it's like there's a long tradition of this. I mean, for a while there, um, I know Playboy. I'm sure you know our friend Jean Marie would probably yell at us because she's much more of an expert than I am. And right. if I remember correctly, Playboy back in the seventies try to start up their own kind of science fiction imprint and they solicited you know quite a number of writers to contribute and unfortunately the project didn't go very far but i know philip jose farmer did his famous or should i say infamous image of the beast mm-hmm. um you know because farmer loves doing about sex anyway but right. yeah this is a long tradition of this so it's right. like you know as long as there's been like people you know making stuff they've been making sexy stuff and sometimes it's because they want to and sometimes it's because it pays better yeah no kidding <laughs> so so how do we make the distinction then with film as opposed to literature yeah see that's weird because film has always been really strange because i mean you've got like the 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 ratings board which the more you read about the ratings board the more you, you realize that makes absolutely no sense right um you know because you've heard the famous joke of course like you know, if you if you cut someone's head off, you get an, an R rating. If you give if someone gives someone head, it's X. Um, you know, right, it's just right, it's right. just like it makes absolutely no sense. Right. And you know, they used to slap X rating, X rating, uh, X ratings on all kinds of oh, weird films back in the absolutely. day. Absolutely, I think like Midnight Cowboy was yeah, rated X. That was or, rated X. You know, yeah. you know, The Exorcist was rated X. It's like. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. It's like when you look at these films now, it's like seriously. Yeah, and and <laughs> and the difference between like I know Clockwork Orange was a famous X-rated film, mm-hmm. and uh, what a great movie. And and there's some there's some stuff in there I can see disturbing, mm-hmm. but 
you could go onto Clips for Sale, you could go onto RedTube, and you know, download to your heart's content triple X stuff all over the place. Mm-hmm. But then there is there's websites that have you know delineated sections. You know, there's some stuff that is certainly softer, um, mm-hmm. which you and I would consider more erotica than porn. Mm-hmm. And then there's niche content, which kind of falls into that um, area, like what we write when we do cross genre, you know, mm-hmm. or fetish, you know. So mm-hmm. because there's all these different subsections now, I, I don't really know what what's it's like if you watch a spank a strictly spanking film, and there's no sex involved, mm-hmm. then is that just erotica and not pornography? That's an excellent point. I mean, like like a lot of uh, BDSM films, you find there's no actual penetration, there's mm-hmm. no orgasm, there's no sexual contact. So technically, it would be rated R, you know, and be considered like softcore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really kind of funny how that really works out because you're completely right. I know a lot of like vintage um, films, you know, of er- of erotic content were just basically just strippers. I mean, right. you know, exactly. they didn't have any, you know, they didn't have like any kind of sexual content. And right. That changed, you know, after a point. But I think it's still kind of interesting. That it's like, you know, a lot of these were like, you know, you know, pretty tame by today's standards. Right. Right. Yeah, I just I I I guess I'm like you. I I tend to bristle when the labels and the categorization is coming down. Mm-hmm. You know, because for guys like you and I who write a a wide variety of stuff, because we are widely talented and incredibly good looking, um, <laughs> I think you know the restrictions hamper us more than they do us any good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's time ta- because we're. It, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess writers know where they're selling to, so mm-hmm. we don't particularly need the label put on us. We know well this book is a is a book of these kind of stories. Then we just we put that story there. We don't mm-hmm. need we don't need the characterization beforehand. And I certainly say, and you've certainly said to writers who are just getting into this kind of stuff. Or anybody making anything in general, don't worry about what the thing is. Just do the thing, mm-hmm. you know. But mm-hmm. the characterizations and the stigmatizations halt too many people from getting out there and make and doing something. I find mm-hmm. so I don't like to use those labels, even mm-hmm. pornography and erotica. I don't. Absolutely, I agree with you. It's like the only problem is it's like it's 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 funny. It's like this is typical, and it's like. You know, this is one thing that's like the, the big secrets they don't tell you about publishing and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, if you're a writer and you're doing things like stories, it doesn't really matter. You know, like you said, you can you can definitely say, you know, you have this, that and the other thing, um, you know, but the uh, when it comes to publishing like books, if you're dealing with Amazon, you in the instant you hit that little button when you when you upload the book that says explicit content. Mm hmm. The rules completely change. Yeah, and that's true. Um, that's very true. You know, so if you did like, you know, uh, like we mentioned before, if you did like a mainstream book that happens to have explicit sex, but it's a mainstream book, or the publisher is considering it a mainstream book, then they don't look at it the same way they look at books that are labeled explicit content. So it's really kind of gets 
you know, kind of weird in that regard. But yeah, you're right. It's like, I don't necessarily like the idea of like labeling and such, because I've definitely, I know you have too, you know, done some stories now and again, where it's like, you know, it's like, uh, oh my God, I forgot to put the sex in it. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. You know, it's like, ah, oh, crap, I forgot to put the sex in. There's something right. similar. It's just like, right. you know, it's one of those weird situations where you're like, you know, it's like, oh, it's like, you know, what is sex and what is erotica and so forth. And, you know, like you mentioned before, sometimes when you're talking about BDSM stuff or you're talking about fetish stuff, there's actually no penetration. There's no orgasm, you know, but it's still often is labeled, you know, as being like explicit or, you know, erotica or something. Mm -hmm. Right. At, at words like explicit, kinky, all those things, mm -hmm. they, they, they don't mean anything mm -hmm. because it's all subjective, you know? Because mm -hmm. um, we we have either edited you you more than me, um, written, worked with uh, plenty of people uh, and editors and publishing houses where um, that line of not only what they're looking for but but what how 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 erotica it is how pornographic it is. Is mm -hmm. is certainly different than the last guy we worked with. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that definition is so nebulous, you know, mm -hmm. because you know you and I have certainly sent stuff to certain places that well we want this kind of a story and we send it and it's like well that's that's way too kinky, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. that's not fetishy enough, or that's not this or that you know. So those definitions are so subjective, you know. Exactly. Exactly. And it's funny, it's like, it's not just like, you know, it's not too, and most of the time it's not even things like, um, you know, it's not like some overseeing organization it has to do with the publisher or the yeah, editor, you know, what they say. And, you know, it's, it's worse when it's people who want to like, you know, pigeonhole you, you know, or people worse. It's like, you know, someone with a bug up their ass who wants mm -hmm. to send you to jail, you know, so, you know. The good news is yeah, we haven't seen those kind of things for a while because for a while there, it was really kind of scary. Um, I remember this is probably when was this? God, I'm so old. Um, um, it was probably around the 90s or so. And I remember this is like the early days of the Internet. And I remember hearing a horror story and about someone who was running a BBS, which is a bulletin board system, which is really yeah, way in old. the prehistory of the Internet. Right, right. And they had gotten they had run a porn, uh, an adult site and or an adult bbs and they got extradited to a different county across the country and prosecuted for pornography um and you know that was like i said that was pretty scary times because and that's not too you know, long they, they, yeah not too long ago yeah. and you know there was this whole big thing around that time about you know you know oh you know like there, there was also the Mies report which is before that so it's yeah. like pornography has always been scapegoated but the good news is, I think now because the internet being so essential that you know if you create adult content, unless you're doing something that you should be thrown in jail for, they're not going to come after you. But um, yeah, it's like it still can be really difficult. I mean, um, I, I I remember um, the the one thing I was hold on to, and excuse me before I go on here for mm -hmm. a second, but you know the speaking of like pornography or I guess you could call it like inappropriate or what'll get you banned or frankly, what should get you banned, um, is like the, the five deadly sins, which is the things you can't really write about. Yeah. Um, at least as far as like Amazon and these other companies are involved. But if I remember correctly, it's um, non-consensuality, right. which is basically rape. 
um underage which is obvious right um incest right um uh, bestiality uh-huh um how many how many have i listed so far that's i can four. never remember that's four and the fifth one is pee and poo see and, and all those things in the co- conceptually make sense mm-hmm. but there are gray areas that we have all tackled in our writing mm-hmm. about all that stuff Mm-hmm. and that's absolutely the, i mean right. it's like um, go ahead go ahead i'm sorry no no and, and that's that's the that's what we talk about these gray areas mm-hmm. and because to blanket and say look you can't write anything about incest but mm-hmm. you see fantasies about stepmom auntie you know and mm-hmm. i'm using that word in in uh, quotes you know um so so it's like anything else you throw these big no you can't do that but there's also the, there's always gray areas you know mm-hmm. um and like like example i mean you've written tons of age play things yes. and age play is one of the things where it doesn't have to as one thing people don't understand it drives me crazy and i probably know it probably drives you crazy too it's like age play does not involve children it involves right. adults pretending to be younger right um than their actual age and but you're right. It's like there's always kind of gray areas around it. Like there's the whole consent, non-consent thing. And frankly, right. you know, it, erotica is a fantasy anyway. So you know, you don't have like I still remember like you know, um, you know, someone's talking about kink and like erotica. And it's like yeah, we don't have the two-day negotiation and the um, <laughs> you know, and the yeah. and the and the 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 reality of having sex these days, of course, and which yeah. is the way it should be anyway, is like you know, asking consent before everything. Um, mainly because it slows the story down and the stories are fiction. But right. you're right. It's like, you know, bestiality. It's like, well, what about all the werewolf books? Right, or, exactly. You know, aliens. that kind of thing. Aliens. aliens, exactly. Yeah, I mean, first of all, um, just to let you know, you're looking, you're listening and licking, licking non-vanilla <laughs> with Ralph Greco Jr. and M. Christian. Uh, just to get that in there. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 had, a, I had a buddy of mine who I had, Dated for a while, and then she was uh, exploring some other avenues, and she was dating this uh, this this woman. Mm-hmm. And so my friend was, I guess they would call hetero flexible at this point. And this woman she was dating was resolutely uh, a homosexual woman, gay woman, mm-hmm. lesbian. And we all went out to to get lunch one lunch one day, and uh, I was we were talking. It was this how long ago this was? This was during Britney Spears' first video come out. And this is the video where Britney Spears just looks like a little schoolgirl. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a hot video. But I I realized watching that video, Britney Spears is, is an adult woman. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and but her my friend's girlfriend, new girlfriend, couldn't get over this. She couldn't get over me lusting that way. And she was convinced that I I you know had a thing for younger girls because of this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I I know. Where, where i'm at like i know mm-hmm. for me what's cute there not because i'm thinking she's younger she's an mm-hmm. adult woman and and those are those those judgments that people make immediately when you say a certain buzzwords even when you say pornography and erotica oh oh forget mm-hmm. it you know and I, I always think that you, you have to take everything by a case by case basis and just to just slow down a bit, you know, 
mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. get so crazed about things, you know? Um, I completely agree. It's yeah. like, and that's true about like Erotica. I mean, it's like, it's funny. It's like, you know, I, I have such, so many different reactions when I finally tell people I write Erotica. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's odd. I mean, you probably have exactly these kind of same experiences. I mean, most of the time I just simply say I'm a writer, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I don't want to get into it, not exactly. because I'm ashamed of it, but you know, sometimes you get these weird reactions. Exactly. Um, you know, so it's like, I just got to keep it a little on the QT. Um, but at the same time, it's like on social media, I'm all over the place. It's just a mm-hmm. person. And, you know, sometimes I'll get the reaction of like, you know, the, Oh, you know, you know, um, I've read it plenty and then I'll mention like 50 shades of gray, mm-hmm. um, or they just get really uncomfortable or they have no problem with it whatsoever. Um, so it's, it's kind of really interesting to see how that works. I mean, a very few people, and this is why I prize our relationship and our friendship so well, because we both have the same attitude is like a lot of people, it's like, they don't even think twice. I mean, some people don't even think twice because they understand it's, it's what we do for a living. And, you know, it's not because there's some great sexual, you know, agenda or because we're sitting there like, you know, panting and, you know, <laughs> drooling when we're right. writing this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's just a strange thing because I because you and I both write a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. erotica and how to's and straight articles and, you know, comics and everything. We're into a lot of stuff. Um, I don't want one thing coming to color the other thing and somebody say, well, you can't do this thing because you do that other mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's an adult person, most adult persons I know, or people, I know both, um, <laughs> they have a lot of different interests. Mm-hmm. And some are some would be considered aberrant by others. Some would be mm-hmm. considered mainstream as hell. And so if you have those kind of interests and you're an adult and everybody you're coming in contact with is consenting, as you said, and fully aware, then I, I don't want to be I don't want to be labeled for any of that stuff, mm-hmm. whether I write it or I do it, you know, mm-hmm. I completely agree. And so it's like, it's such a weird dichotomy. I think things are gotten better. Yeah, I, think um, so. I know, for, I know for a while there, um, if you wrote anything that was explicit, you sort of had a kind of like, I mean, unless you're like Chip Delaney, um, you kind of had to, you know, sort of had to hide it. Yeah. Um, even though a lot of people were doing exactly the same kind of thing. A lot of, a lot of writers would like, you know, have a different pseudonym or, you know, they would just not talk about that side of their career or something similar, even though they, you know, it kept them going for a very long time mm-hmm. financially. Um, so it's one of those kind of like, you know, um, you know, those kind of weird things. But I do think it's definitely getting a lot better because even though some people still have a problem with it, at least professionally, nine out of 10 times, people just don't even blink. I mean, it just, it's kind of funny. It's like, you know, when you send off a, a you know, writing resume somewhere, it's like, you know, it's like you just put somebody put in. Yes. And I also wrote, you know, bondage tales for, you know, truck right. drivers or something. And it's like, you know, no one seems to mind. I think especially publishers don't seem to mind because they all know all they care about is if you're a professional writer or not. They don't care what you're writing. Right. Yeah. I think most people in the professional field, they realize that especially if you're a writer, you're just trying to stay alive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you happen to write this or you happen to write that, doesn't mean you can't write either or both, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But 
that subjective call, I think, is really important. And, and, I, and I think, I don't think this should be, this can't be stressed enough because I, I, a couple months ago, I saw this report on intimacy coordinators. Have you seen any, have you seen that before? No, no. What's okay. about? What they do is they hire these people to come on movie sets or um, like a play that's going up. And this mm -hmm. person is trained and I don't know how they are trained. And so I guess my language would be a little bit pejorative here, but to intercede when a sex scene comes up, oh, get cool. between the director and, and the people doing the scene, mm -hmm. they come in and talk about the parameters of what's going to happen and make sure everybody's cool. comfortable. Now, mm -hmm. on the overall, that seems like a good idea, mm -hmm. but here's where we come into trouble and here's where, I think we need to take a step back and realize it's a subjective call. Mm -hmm. That intimacy coordinator, I, I, I guess if the studio wants to hire them, I, I don't know how any of that works. But I would think the people who are working, the director and the actors, especially the actors, it's their call if they want that person there. Mm -hmm. They don't want that person there. If they think it impedes between the director and their action. Mm -hmm. I don't think we need to have an overall, well, this needs to be there now, implemented all the time. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I, I think these things, we're talking about the labels, we're talking about the assumptions and the subjective nature. I think they all need to be taken with a, with a big, heavy dose mm -hmm. of salt, grain of salt. I mean, I agree with you to a certain extent. I also think it's like it definitely should be an option. I do think it's like, uh, of course, a lot of it also has to do with like studio responsibility. So it could be also a contractual kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It also could be the studio, you know, being proactive around this. I mean, you know, it's like I definitely think it should be like on a, on a case by case basis. But again, it's like there could be other factors as well. It could be like, you know, talent agencies, you know, insisting on it as, as a matter of policy. You know, it could be all kinds of different things, but it's kind of interesting. It's like, you know, I do love the fact that we are actually now being much more conscientious and aware of it. I mean, that's the biggest thing. It's like, there's so many things that, you know, used to happen that just simply happened as a matter of course. And now we realize it's like, we're really, you know, you know, not cool and, you know, cause a lot of discomfort, a lot of pain. But, you know, I, I do think it's interesting how we're still kind of like adapting to this. It's like, it's like, there's kind of this bipolar attitude. It's like, there's, there's, there's. Some who are just like, oh, you, you know, it's like, you know, blaming like PC culture, which I hate that expression, um, you know, or something like that. And then there's like, you know, on the on the other end, which is like, you know, such an emphasis that's <clears throat> it's becoming almost kind of like, I don't know. I mean, it's just like it's getting a little a little extreme, but right, we're still kind of working it out, I think, as a culture. You know, we're still trying to figure this whole thing out. It's like, you know, it's like, you know. Oh, you know, old societal training and habits versus responsibility versus, you know, over, not, if there's such a thing as over responsibility, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's like, it's, it's like, we're still in the middle of like working all this crazy stuff out. Yeah. And I don't, I, I also often wonder if what we are taking for evolution, getting, you know, getting, getting more, uh, aware of things like you're saying or like or as the kids would say we're becoming woke you know mm -hmm. as opposed to, and I, I didn't know we were asleep i guess we're becoming woke <laughs> but the point is that in in that 
are are we becoming weaker? Are we not being able to 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 navigate the things without the the intimacy coordinators? Mm -hmm. That's my always. That's my worry. That as we become more evolved, I see in many many cases us becoming weaker. You know, we're becoming more dependent on things, and and we're mm -hmm. becoming a little scared and reticent to maybe mm -hmm. say things or do things because of like you're saying the the, the overreach the pendulum mm -hmm. swinging well but I, I i don't know you know because i mean being older guys we're, we could certainly speak in a, in a group of people our own age and they all understand us mm -hmm. we it's harder to communicate with people younger because they come from a different mm -hmm. experience um, so I, I don't know what the answer is. I really don't. I don't either. I mean, it's like, I mean, I, I try and stay as aggressive as possible and mm -hmm. as aware. And like you said, I try really hard to be as woke as possible because I know what it's like to be on the receiving end, um, to a certain extent. Um, and so I try and be as responsible, but it's, it's still kind of, you know, odd sometimes, because sometimes you'll encounter someone you think is going to be, or a situation that's going to be one way and it's another where you're trying to be as responsible and they're they're very casual mm. um so it definitely it's it's really kind of like i said i think i get the impression and i don't know where we stand or where it's going to go but I, i've always kind of got the impression that it feels like especially recently everything's just been thrown in the air we're waiting for it to come back down and you know because right now you're right there's a there's a certain degree of anxiety i think it's important for people to be respectful and recognize and recognize people and you know do things like not misgender and so forth and you know and obviously keep your bigotry in your back pocket or mm -hmm. remove it as possible but you know it's like at this in there's also kind of like this like you mentioned before it's like there's a certain degree of like almost anxiety about making mistakes and that mm -hmm. that could also be you know a symptom of like you know overreaction to like small mistakes i mean i'm not talking about big mistakes don't get me wrong i'm not talking about like you know, you know, non-consent. I'm not talking about bigotry. Right. I'm talking about yeah, you putting know, your hands on you know, somebody. Right. Things yeah. that well, thing that or like you know, just you know, just an accident. But you know, it's like it's 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 definitely made me you know a very very. It's caused me quite a bit of anxiety because I'm always worried about saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing. At the same time, I think it's it, this whole thing. Spirit is in the right place, and a lot of these issues are my own. And I think it's also very important to keep trying to be as you know, aware and em 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 empathetic as possible, you know, and sort of like, just, you know, accept the fact that things are changing. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's kind of a bonkers time. It's, it's can be very, very confusing. Um, yeah. You know, just trying to try to navigate this whole new world. But at the same time, I think it's always kind of worth doing. Um, just because it's like, you know, I think otherwise it's just kind of like, you know, it can be borderline abusive or if not directly abusive, but hey, anyway, but you're right. It's just like, no, I, I don't mean to cut you off. I, I, I just think that because it's things like that too. Like I remember a couple years ago with all the, the stuff in wherever it was North Carolina, South Carolina, where there was, a, you know, a lot of the, the bigotry and the white, you know, the white supremacists mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff, you know, and it was a lot of trouble. You know, a lot, a lot of bad stuff went down, people getting hurt. Mm -hmm. But at the root of all that is if you're not putting your hands on somebody or throwing a rock at somebody in this country, you can very well have an opinion 
that's not so nice or not doesn't doesn't get go along with you know with being nice to people mm -hmm. you could certainly think the things you want to think mm -hmm. and you can't i always have this argument you can't say that's wrong you could say that's wrong for you but you mm -hmm. can't generally say that it's wrong it's if it's somebody's mm -hmm. opinion it can't be wrong now i don't maybe want to play with that person and i don't mm -hmm. particularly want to hear it but i live in a country where people can say what they want to say except you know mm -hmm. you can't yell movie in a crowded firehouse you know um mm -hmm. so it's all these kind of weird gray areas of wanting to be considerate of another person which i think you and i always were even when we were younger mm -hmm. before mm -hmm. it became trendy to be woke we were we were always mm -hmm. those kind of people and mm -hmm. i think no matter what happens there's always going to be people that aren't unfortunately mm -hmm. but I what, I what I have a problem is when people tell me, like we we're saying before, well, you can't be a real writer because you write erotica, right? Mm -hmm. As and mm -hmm. you can't be, you can't have that opinion. You can't think that mm -hmm. that group of people are inferior. You just can't think that. Mm -hmm. That's wrong. Well, it's not wrong. It's an opinion. Mm -hmm. So, so that's where I I kind of have the a problem where we get into that gray area, you know. Mm -hmm. For whatever it's worth. Oh, I think I think everyone has a right to their opinion, but no one has the right to enforce that opinion True. on somebody else. Absolutely. And that's that's the thing that really bugs me, particularly about like the state of the, the country right now. It's like, you know, especially when you're talking about things like religion or something similar. It's just like, you know, it's but at the same time, it's like you're right. It's like it's it's it, there's certain like big questions that sort of like we need to sort of sit down as a society and work out i mean i mean i i completely i can i i agree that it's just like you know your opinion is your own but once again when you act on it and or you you can harm like you know the entire country because of it i mean you know oh, you well, just look at things like you know the you know the exactly well things like the anti-vax people and you know and these conspiracy theorists and these bigots it's right. like you know, it's like, you know, it's like you can think what you want to think, but you're that's this is going beyond your opinion you're, you're hurting people. I mean, right. you're, you're spreading disinformation. You're you're harming people by like by this, you know, by what just, you know, what you're saying. And I think there has to be a certain call, of, you know, to hold those, that kind of behavior accountable. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just like, you know, and but it's yeah, it's like it's weird. It's like we're still trying to work this out. We're just totally confused. And this is a good example, of like pornography and erotica. Again, it's like. You know, it's like we don't know where the background is. There isn't an algorithm you can plug into a computer somewhere that says, boink, you know, this is erotic and this is pornography, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, you know, so it's kind of the same exact kind of thing. I mean, you know, I think if, if, if push to shove, I think, you know, for me, it also has to do with like, I don't know. I mean, it's like, I mean, it could be, it could be broken down to being like a matter of intent. But even then, I mean, it's like, you know, I've read, you know, mainstream books that had the worst sex scenes in them. Yeah. And but but they're 10 times more explicit than anything I've written for, you know, a very explicit publication. So it's like, I don't know where it stands. I think I think it's actually kind of interesting that, you know, I think erotica writers or pornographers, however you want to say it, need to start standing up for you know, and, and, and calling people on the carpet about bad sex scenes. Um, <laughs> Just, you know, it's like, I, I, I know they have that famous award every year for the worst sex scenes, but oh my God, I've read so many bad sex scenes right. in mainstream fiction. It's like, oh my God, who the hell, you know, taught you about this? I mean, it's right. like, 
I, I do not really want to take you to bed because you'll be a, a horrible lover. <laughs> um, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, it's just horrible. I mean, it's really, really bad. And it's also funny when you come across people who've never written erotica before, when they think about, when they try it, it's just like, they, they either, they go way overboard or they get really heavy with the metaphors, you know, yeah, it's just right. like, ugh. I mean, it's like. Yeah, the old train I mean, into the know. tunnel kind of thing. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Oh God, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like, I mean, like we talk about when we teach our, we, we teach our erotica writing classes, it's, it's like, you know, in every other writing class, they always teach you never to repeat your words, right? You can repeat right. it with a certain degree, but you don't say like, you don't describe a truck as being sitting on the rusty ground and it's rusty wheels and so forth. It's, right. you know, it's, it, it, gets, it, gets, it gets annoying. Right. But in erotica, you do want to do that for like body parts, because if you start inter, in, you know, having to change the metaphor every paragraph, it gets to be really <laughs> ridiculous. You know, it goes from, you know, yeah. member to flashlight to baseball bat. <laughs> right, to It's like, right, you know, to right. like, and you start to really stretch. It's like right. wheel bearing. I mean, it's just like, you know, yeah, just come on, just call it what it is. I mean, that's all there is to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, and it's I, just I, like, yeah, oh, yeah. give me a break. Or, or like the, my favorite one, this is when I really come kind of, and it's, it's a pet peeve of mine is when people would describe genitalia, like, you know, particularly like, you know, um, like member or sex, mm -hmm. you know, it's just like, you know, when you're writing an erotica story, I think, I think you should be true to the, what you're writing. In other words, if you're writing a story that's set in the 1800s, right. you know, don't call it like a modern slang term, try and yeah. find what the people would use back then. The same way, if you're writing modern erotica, don't refer to genitalia as their sex because it sounds like you're writing Victoriana. It's just, yeah, just weird. Yeah. It's, it's like if you can't use the words, don't write the erotica. Yeah. But that's just that's personal. Again, you like I said before, it's subjective. Yeah, I mean, subjective. it's just like it's completely subjective. And some people like, I mean, for God's sakes, I mean, you know, Fifty Shades of freaking Grey sold how many millions of oh, copies? Yeah. And it's a piece of crap. <laughs> yeah, I, I think in that case, as we know, we've run across the people who've read it and who have not people who seem to like it and who don't i think we and we've talked about this that before in the show we've talked about that and the name of the show by the way is licking non-vanilla with ralph greco jr and m christian <laughs> but i think why that works is that that hit a certain uh part of the population that didn't know about that world mm -hmm. so she gave them an entree relatively well written in her way with interesting characters in her way um for people who didn't know about that world but were titillated enough to go wow i want to i want to know more and they mm -hmm. didn't need the specifics that you and i do knowing that world you know mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of why that worked you know um mm -hmm. at right place I mean, right time kind of thing you know all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff oh and you know it's funny because people like to say things like oh you know you know, the fact of the matter is, it's like, now this could be a complete rumor, and I apologize if it is, but I heard also that's like, she also like, you know, knew how to play the social media game very, oh, very, very well. well. So it very didn't, well. it didn't just leap out of nowhere. And it started out as Twilight fan fiction. Yeah, I mean, exactly. the biggest thing, I mean, I hate that, and we can have a whole show on that, but I hate that book so much. I mean, I hate it one because it's badly written. First of all, it's a horrible book. Um, I mean, just bad writing. And yeah. it takes a lot for me to say that. Um, but it's also really a criminally awful book because the behavior of the characters is dangerous that people think that bdsm is like this it makes me just completely furious right. uh, by the way as a as a sidewind plug um if you get a chance go to youtube and type in um i 
I can't remember his name. I'll, I'll look it up really quickly here. Um, there's this YouTuber who did a really excellent um, uh, on on the whole Fifty Shades series. Okay. And I'm going to find his his name here really quickly, but he goes way into it more than I could. Okay. Um, and I highly recommend that people watch it because he really gets sort of gets into the whole the whole thing about it. And mm. it's Dominic Noble. Okay. You know, if you go to Dominic Noble, who's a, a Brit, and I really like his thing. He has this thing uh, called, um, uh, when he does this loss in adaptation, where he talks about the differences between books and movies, and he goes into it. He actually has done quite a few really excellent, like, total diatribes against Fifty Shades. Mm -hmm. um, but I agree with him, because the book is is no way, shape, or form anything close to what BDSM is like. In fact, it scares me that people would try BDSM thinking this book is real. Because but, it's totally wrong. But what happens is people who don't know, mm -hmm. it works for them because it's written. It's written on a in a on a populist track, you know, mm -hmm. in in poppy kind of fiction. Mm -hmm. So it works for a lot of people who don't know about the BS the the, the community and have mm -hmm. never tried it, but have always been titillated a bit, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think. And that goes back to, you know, you say potato, I say potato. You know, what's mm -hmm. going to be kinky to somebody else is not kinky to this person. But mm -hmm. somehow she grabbed, she grabbed onto this, on, onto something that that resonated with a whole bunch of people. Mm -hmm. Which is, I think, the, a lot of it was like this romance. I mean, yeah, exactly. you know, it was like, you know, mommy it had porn. that kind of exactly. It had that kind of like you said, that kind of mommy porn, yeah, kind of like romance connection there, and Absolutely. it also became kind of like I think one of those weird situations too, where it became like the more people heard about it, the more popular it get, and then it kept escalating to a yeah, certain of course. point where, and then it you know, where it like, just became a snowball. Like, you had you know, to read it, but you had to read it exactly, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And but oh, I hate that book. I mean, you know, it's just like again, it's like you know, it's funny. It's like I've I've read a lot of books I've hated. I remember distinctly reading uh, a science fiction novel that had one of the worst depictions of of characters and sex in it that was just awful. Um, I'm not going to name the book, but it was just it made me kind of like throw it across the room because there's one thing when you come across a writer who's like, you know, a complete you know, uh, you know, says something that's really inappropriate. Right. And sometimes that's kind of like when the book was written, and I'm not right. trying to excuse it, but sometimes that is the the cultural context then you come across like writers who are just lazy and they just use cliches and stereotypes yeah. which is another level of insult and then you get people who are just like so profoundly naive when it comes to like how characters you know operate it just drives me crazy but yeah 50 shades is another one they're just like oh my god I mean, but there's unfortunately a lot of them out there i mean it's like 50 shades spawned a whole bunch of people now who are oh, trying to god. do the same thing well it's funny because uh, yeah you're right i mean you're right it's it's funny because I, I have this weird prejudice where I go – if I buy a book or I get a book, I'm always assuming uh, that it's going to be written at a certain level of competency. <laughs> now, you and I both have read fantastic writers. You know, mm -hmm. we're you and I are born and bred on guys like we were saying Ellison and Farmer and Isaac, mm -hmm. Isaac Asimov and, and these are just the science fiction, science fiction guys. There's great writers across the board, Bradbury, guys that we love. But I always just assume that I'm going to pick up a book and it's going to be written well. Mm -hmm. And I wrote, read a book relatively recently, a, non, a fiction book on a subject I was dying to read about. 
time period subject and i'm again i'm not, and i'm not going to name it like you just didn't but i was like this is not written all that well <laughs> I, I was kind of like I, I i want this to be over soon because this isn't written well <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and it's just so strange you know Oh, I've read a bunch of those. I know it's exactly. It's like, I don't agree. You know, certain people, I mean, certain things are just me a style thing. Yeah. You know, it's just like the fact of the matter is it's like, you know, this is just not written in the style I like. You right. Know, of there's course. a lot of famous writers that I simply just don't, don't like the style of. And so it's hard for me to get into it. I'll yeah. try my best to read them, but it's like pulling teeth. Right. But then there's other books, like you said, it's like, this guy actually got published. It's like, what the <laughs> hell? I mean, it's like, did someone read this thing? I mean, it's like, what, you know, what in the world? And I find that all the place. I mean, I read a comic book fairly recently. was just like, seriously, I paid mm -hmm. money for this. Um, so you know, it's weird. like, I want my, I want my $3 back. Um, but yeah, it's just like, there's some writers out there just like, you know, just like really just like you read them and go like, seriously, this person's famous. And it's like, what the hell? Um, I, others I, are just like, they don't yeah. get the breaks because they don't, they, they never get popular and they're much better writers, but that's kind of the nature of the beast. But yeah, yeah, there's like so a lot strange. of writers are just like, yeah. yeah really, I don't know. I don't know. And it's like, and sometimes it's like, you know, they will do one thing well, but not another or, yeah. you know, I mean, there's, that's very famous. And I know like, for instance, if, you know, if you get a couple of drinks in this, we'll be free to confess what our weaknesses are. Right. But, um, you know, other writers, it's like, you know, they can do a good plot, but lousy characters or good characters and no plot or, you know, the descriptions are great, but the stories are predictable. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just, it runs the gamut. And sometimes I'll sit down and like read a classic and go like, well, what's the big hub about? Oh, you know? I, I've, I've had that about a bunch of writers. And I, and I always, and again, and we've said this at the top of the show, we're going to say at the end of now, it's subjective. It's a subjective goal. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. So we want to thank you for listening this time. We we kind of went round and round, but I think we we started and ended as best as we could on the question of what is pornography and what is erotica. And uh, I don't think we solved that question, Chris. <laughs> but I think that's okay. You know. Um, so we're gonna see that. We'll see you next time. Not see you, but we'll talk to you next time. And. Uh, I had a good time with you as always, Chris. We we have a great time. Always wonderful, together, right? Right, absolutely. Yeah. So we'll see you next time on Licking Non Vanilla, and have a great week. Until we talk to you again. Bye bye. And visit us on the web at www.lickingnonvanilla.com.